You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner with Isaac Trotter here, and we're going to recap a 42-25 loss for Illinois against Michigan. If we would have told you 42-35 beforehand, you would have said, okay, that's not bad. It was a game going into the fourth quarter, and Illinois was within three points at one time, really putting a scare into Michigan. Of course, it started with a 28-0 start where Illinois wasn't feeling good about itself at all. The defense was getting run over, as everyone fears every time Illinois takes the field. But Matt Robinson provides a little bit of juice for Illinois. The offense scores 25 straight points. The defense gets a, a bunch of stops in a row, and you're thinking, boy, uh, Illinois could put Jim Harbaugh in a lot of trouble here, Isaac. So, uh, But then they end up losing the game. Matt Robinson, two fumbles at the end, and Michigan scores pretty easily, a couple late. Um, and uh, they get they get a win here, but Michigan probably not feeling too great about itself. Illinois not feeling too great about itself at certain points, but it's a weird game, Isaac, where how do you feel coming out of it? It's another loss. You've lost four straight, right? Um, you, you don't feel good at two and four, but... You showed a little bit of fight, and, and you gave a scare to the number 16 team in the country. So it's kind of a mixed feelings when one point it felt like fire and brimstone. The next point it felt like, oh, my gosh, uh, Lovey Smith could have a breakthrough moment here. Yeah, I, I think we watched two different games, right? It's like all that Go different. Tail of two tabs. Right, right. yeah. But it, it was just two different games, that first half till the late touchdown but by Illinois made it 20-7. to seven. But for the most part of that first half was just a complete beatdown. I was expecting Iowa two-point. No, I thought it could be 63 nothing. I I really thought that there could be a chance that this could be Lovey Smith's final game as Illinois' head coach if things had gotten going. But then Illinois came out and fought. And Matt Robinson gives this offense some juice. He gives him a little bit of swagger. He tries really, really hard. You saw the defense start to feed off of the momentum. And it is a game of momentum. College football is all about momentum. And Illinois had it for most of the third quarter, all of the third quarter actually, and most of the beginning of the fourth quarter where they were really putting it to Michigan. I don't know if that's a great Michigan team. I think there's a lot of questions about that Michigan team, but they're still a top 16 team in the country. It's still This is still a thing where at the end of the day, Illinois made the plays to get back in it. It could have been the biggest you know, comeback in a long time in Illinois history. This would have been an unbelievable moment for Lovey Smith's team. But we knew how this story was going to end, didn't we? And that's kind of how it did. Two fumbles. One was really easy, just a one-yard little punch for Michigan, and that was all. Yeah. All right, so when we come back, we're going to break down the positives and negatives of this game, and we'll start with the positives because there were a few uh, that could give you hope in the, uh, the rest of the season and in the future. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so I think most of us went into this game knowing Brandon Peters when he was going to be out, and they made an announcement you know, about an hour, hour and a half before the game. Okay, well, 
Isaiah Williams is also available for this one, unlike up in Minnesota when he didn't travel. So I think most of us were sitting there going, all right, we're going to see a lot of Isaiah Williams today. And we did. But he had four drives in the first half, didn't complete a pass, uh, didn't really break any runs, um, and he was really ineffective. They didn't get a first down with Isaiah Williams. But Matt Robinson moved the ball a little bit. The penalties uh, hurt him a little bit, but he scores on that last drive of the first half. Great play between him and Josh and Matt Torbebe, who was uh, fantastic as well. But you saw him give a little bit of juice, and you're thinking, okay, uh, maybe Matt, even though we all kind of wanted to see Isaiah, Matt Robinson gives him the best chance to win, and he just gave him a little bit of fire. He gave him a little bit of what the Rod Smith offense is supposed to look like. I think you saw Rod Smith kind of get into a zone, into a rhythm, along with Matt Robinson. And uh, you got to be impressed by what you saw with the redshirt freshman. Even though statistically it wasn't a great day, he didn't win the game, he had the two fumbles. But I think Matt Robinson showed some people what he's made of. Absolutely. I mean, this kid plays with a chip on his shoulder, and Rod Smith talked about how if he was a couple inches taller, he's probably off in in UCLA or something like that out out west, maybe Colorado. One of those Pac-12 schools would have scooped him up in a hurry because he put up massive numbers in high school. And the the product on the field today was good enough, and he was kind of as advertised, what Rod Smith had told us. And remember back in, in his first training camp as a freshman, you and I were both like, dang, this kid could be a player because he was throwing up some big-time yardage. And then even after this uh, this second training camp that he went through, he accounted the same amount of touchdowns as A.J. Bush had the year before in the, in the training camp that we talked about. Wow, one of the best training camps that we've seen from an Illinois quarterback. So it, it, Matt Robinson is a good player. He has talent, and he showed it today. He gave Illinois moxie. He gave Illinois a little bit of chip on their shoulder. And Illinois needs to play with a little chip on their shoulder. And he wasn't scared. Brandon Peters sometimes played a little bit scared. Isaiah Williams, you see him panic a couple times during the time where he's out there. One, two, three seconds go, and he's starting to really freak out. Matt Robinson never played scared. And the fumbles stink, and you got to blame Matt Robinson for some of those. But I also heap a ton of blame on the offensive line for one of those. And I also give a lot of praise to the Michigan defender who made a great play to get that ball out against Matt. So at the end of the day, Matt gave you everything you wanted and more. If you told me that Matt Robinson was going to throw for 192 yards with zero interceptions and one touchdown, I'd have felt really good because I thought this run game would really have flourished today. Yeah, what I like about Matt, I think he really raised the floor of that quarterback room. I I think he's just a steady, consistent guy. Um, He's a really good runner. Uh, Not quite as good as Isaiah when Isaiah gets free, but he's he's slippery, right? He's athletic and get out there. And He doesn't have Brandon Peters' arm. If he did, I think we'd be looking at a pretty special kid here because that's his his one big flaw. He doesn't have really a strong arm, and he's obviously not that big. But, um, you know, he's a guy that's always had a chip on his shoulder. And, you know, in the offseason, the Brandon Peters was brought in here to be the starter. Isaiah Williams was brought in here to make a huge impact. So I didn't put Matt's odds at being very high of, of winning the starting quarterback job, and he didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, some people around him, I think, didn't like the, the low odds I put on there. And, and good for him. I've always liked Matt. It's just they wanted Brandon to be the guy. He was. He won the job fairly. Isaiah is an exciting prospect. But kudos to Matt, who has a big opportunity here moving forward to possibly be the guy in the short term. And with Isaiah Williams' injury history, maybe he can be the guy in the long term. He's gonna. He's a big piece of what they have moving forward. This opportunity for Matt was earned. It was not given by Rod Smith at all. Because remember in, in training camp when he talked about those quarterback meetings, who would have the most notes in their notebook at, after those meetings? Matt Robinson. Who was the one most dialed in most of the time? 
Matt Robinson. So while Brandon Peters has more of those physical skills, Matt Robinson was right there with him, and, and Rod Smith has trusted Matt Robinson. Matt trusts Rod Smith, and that connection was really good today. Rod Smith showed a lot of confidence and faith in Matt Robinson back when they were recruiting each other, right? when, when Matt was being recruited by Rod back in the day, and that faith was rewarded today. So even though Illinois lost at the end of the day, Illinois scored 25 points on a defense that shut down a lot of other teams that they played this year albeit the Wisconsin game, and Wisconsin's Wisconsin, and we'll see that next week. And Rod has an interesting, and Lovey have an interesting, yeah, they have an interesting dilemma, I want to say. Not that it's a bad thing, but, you know, Brandon Peters out with a concussion today. I would imagine he'll be back next week because he was on the sidelines. He was moving around, not in some dark room somewhere. So it'll be interesting. Is is Matt the guy? Um, did they see enough from him? Or did Brandon have such a lead, and he did have a huge lead during training camp, that an injury won't cost him the starting job? But, you know, it's kind of like A.J. last year. A.J. got hurt, and he didn't come back the same player, and M.J. was playing well. Rod's shown that, that, that he'll make that move. I don't think he wants to necessarily, and I think Brandon would be the guy. But, um, you know, at least you know you can give the ball to Matt Robinson and, and move the ball. I mean, 25 points against that Michigan defense, even though the stats aren't ridiculous and he had the fumbles, that Matt should be pretty proud of that. And Illinois should be pretty excited about that. There's an upside here with Matt Robinson that's not too bad, right? And maybe the floor is a little bit higher than what we expected, like you, you said. But there's an upside here where he could be a pretty good quarterback. Think about what Michigan did to Nate Stanley last week. That's the thing I keep going back to. What they did to a veteran, a three-year starter for Iowa who's won a ton of football games, they shut him down. Three interceptions, couldn't do anything. I think he had 125 passing yards against that defense. And Matt played poised. Matt was strong. Matt was not scared of the moment at all. So I think this Illinois offense could work with Matt Robinson. I still think the upside is higher with Brandon Peters when that offense is clicking, when the pass game is clicking to go along with the running backs. That Even though they didn't have a good day today, I still think they're talented. I still think this offensive line can pave the way to, to be a good running football team. But I think it is a little bit higher with with Brandon Peters, but it, it, if Matt Robinson continues this up track, he's going to be good. He could be really good, and he could absolutely deserve us uh, more playing time moving forward. And he gained some confidence. The other aspect of this that's interesting is I think fans got to see kind of what we saw during camp is that Matt earned that number two job for a reason over Isaiah Williams, right? I mean, he beat out Isaiah Williams, so I think fans got to see that you know, Matt's got a little to his game. He's not just some undersized noodle arm guy. Like, he's got a little bit of it there. What what do you think of his running ability today? I mean, the numbers don't look that great from a running perspective. 11 carries for negative 16 yards, but 42 of those were lo- lost yards against the sack, and he had a run for nine yards. I thought he did a good job of getting outside of the pocket, moving his feet for some throws, which he connected with Bebe twice after moving his feet. But he also just, he scrambles well, and he makes defenders miss, not necessarily like, whoop, some plays like Isaiah Williams, but he's just a little shifty, and he gets he gets those yards. I mean, what you miss is A.J. Bush being a battering ram. He's not going to be that, but right. you – I mean, Rod Smith ran some draws that were well-timed, and, and Matt did that. Or, yes, Matt can scramble. If his offensive line breaks down, he can scramble and make things happen like he did with Josh Bebe a few times. So I was pretty impressed by Matt Robinson. Obviously, Josh Imator Bebe has been fantastic. Uh, five catches, 102 yards, just so big and physical and you told me midway through the game you got to throw it to Bebe more and even Lovey said it after the game 
Now, you have to do it at certain points, but when you need to make a big play down the field, I think Matt Robinson knows. Get it to that guy. Especially with Ricky Smalling. Looked like he got nicked up today a little bit. You have no Trayvon Sidney. He's in crutches on the sideline there. So they needed him to step up. And, you know, Dominic Stampley gave you a little bit. Donnie Navarro gave you a little bit. No, you didn't really see uh, Daniel Barker get involved. Casey Washington made a big catch down the field. So Matt spread it out, but he knew who to go to when he needed to. Josh Bebe has five touchdowns right now. Reggie Corbin has three. Who would have thought that halfway through the year that Immature Bebe, who was, let's, when we did our position rankings, our, our transfer rankings, we had him low. Pettibon was high. Trayvon Sidney was higher. We had um, Brandon Peters, obviously, was higher. I think he was fifth, only above Milo Eifler, on transfers that could have played right now. Mm-hmm. Right now? You could make a case that he's your best transfer and most valuable transfer. So kudos to Josh for coming into this situation. He's a great kid, a great leader, and he's a really good football player. And I agree. I think Illinois needed to target him a little bit more. But it was tougher because after that big play to Bebe, they they automatically shifted to safety over the top, and they took him away. Uh, Michigan scored 42 points. I think its defense set him up for two pretty easy or two good drives, one easy touchdown. Uh, the running defense we'll get into in the negatives, but the defense did have a stretch there. I don't know if it was just because Michigan was sleepwalking, but where they did fit the run well, uh, you know, Michigan only had what 80 rushing yards or 90 rushing yards in the second half, which is pretty good for Illinois. Um, late in the game, they got some big chunks, but they had a stretch of what five drives there where they really shut down Michigan and it gave the offense a chance to, to get back into this game. So um, as bad as the defense was early and as good as they made Michigan look, which uh, was not a good thing because Michigan's offense isn't very good right now, um, they settled down. And when they forced Shea Patterson to pass, even though he had three touchdowns, boy, that, that just everything changed. But, again, it's fitting up that run and that one-gap scheme. They continue to, to suffer at, and they continue to struggle to tackle. Yeah, it's an interesting to see because in the first half, I mean, look at the first few plays here for, for Michigan, just the drives. Five, yard, five plays, 65 yards, touchdown. 11 plays, 66 yards. Four plays, 70 yards. Five plays, 80 yards. Five plays, 59 yards. So in the first half, you're talking about five out of the six drives. They have over 50 yards on their drive. In the second half, they only had one of those drives. Kudos to Illinois defense for finally figuring it out. And that came from Daley Harding and Jake Hansen, the linebackers that we've talked about all season long. They played much better. Jamal Milan, I thought, did some good things on the interior of that defensive line. So it, it, it's just tough, though, because at the end of the day, they still gave up 42 points. And you're still talking about a loss. But we're spending so much time on these positives because there's like little flashes of this team where you go, yeah, that, that team is the team we think could have won five or six games this year. Then the big picture is, they're two and four. Still, at the end of the day, how many drives? One, two, three, four, five, six drives of sixty plus or fifty plus yards. The last drive they could have, right? Uh, they they could have done that, and it's just you can't continue to do that. You have to force. You can't just rely that much on takeaways, and they continue to take the ball away. Two more force fumbles. Um, Jake Hansen's great at it. We know Stanley Green's great at it. And he got the start today. Tony Adams moved to nickel, and they had uh, you know Stanley Green and Sidney Brown back at safety. But as much as we get these little stretches of, of the defense looking fine or getting takeaways, as positive as that is, for the most part, I mean, that's three straight Big Ten games. That's like a 40-plus point show. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And at some point, Illinois needs to play 60 minutes of clean football. Even not 60. Maybe like 45 would be just fine where they play good, above-average defense. And, and that's not, just not getting it done. I will say – 
Stanley Green did some good things today, led the team in tackles, the force fumbles great. But I felt like the, the game really was there for the taking when it was 28-25 and there was that long throw from Patterson to Donovan Peoples-Jones and Stanley Green had forever to get there and it just goes right through his hands into Peoples-Jones' hands for a reception, set up a touchdown that put Michigan up 35-25. That felt like a little bit of a, a game-changing play right there where you're talking about an interception, Illinois' offense gets back on the field with all this momentum with a chance to tie it with a field goal and take the lead with a touchdown and just wasn't able to get done. All right, we come back. Let's talk about the negatives. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Isaac Trotter, I don't know what else to say about this run defense. I mean, that first drive, Michigan didn't throw. They ran five times, 65 yards, a touchdown. They basically did it the entire first half where they're like, man, Shea Patterson, you don't need to do much. We'll throw it a couple times. What was it, 10 plays before he threw a pass, which was a first down, by the way. Um, but they are getting crushed up front for the most part. Um, you know, Second level is struggling to get off their blocks. They're just losing a lot of one-on-one -on -one battles. Again, it makes you question everything about Lovey Smith's defense. But 295 rushing yards to a team that was averaging 100 128, 6.1 yards per carry to a team that was averaging 3.5. Minnesota's run defense got right against you. Michigan's or run offense, I should say. Michigan's run offense got right against you. Everybody's offense gets right against you, and I don't see it changing. And th that overall is the is the biggest thing you can hold against Lovey Smith is that his defense just can't compete, whether it's talent, whether it's scheme, whether it's gap responsibility, all those things, it's just a poor reflection on him when these teams just run up and down against you, and they just really don't make you look like you're not even in the same conference. So. Right. It, it, it comes down to horses. Illinois doesn't have the horses to compete right now with the other teams in the Big Ten, and that's Lovey Smith's fault. Right. We're four years in. They should have more horses. Completely that. agree. So, but, but there's also some other things that really are frustrating because you see the little changes that Illinois makes, whether that's moving Tony Adams from safety back to nickel. You see the different things that they do with playing a lot more nickel instead of playing three linebackers. So Milo Eifler's not on the field as much to get picked on in pass coverage. You see all of these different things that they do. They they rotated a whole lot more today. Isaiah Gay was back, so he was playing a ton of defensive end. And so when you see all of these things that are happening, that there are all these tweaks that they're trying to do, and none of it works, it goes back to the bigger point. This entire scheme isn't working, right? You can do all of these different things. You can coach the hell out of everything, and you can tweak all of these different things. But if it, at the end of the day the scheme doesn't work, it doesn't work, and too stubborn to fix it. Well, and at the end of the day... Like, we can sit there and Lovey Smith can say, well, we didn't change much in the second half and we had success with it. We just played and executed better. Um, well, yeah, that's for a little stretch. We should be wanting more in year four. You know what I mean? Like, as much as you can take a moral victory out of the second Stanley half. Green is done with moral victories. Yeah, and he should be, and fans are for the most part. So if you if you want to take the glass off full look and be like, hey, you know, this team plays – that way, for three quarters against Purdue, they might have a chance. Though Purdue crushed Maryland today. If they play that way against Rutgers, they're going to win by a lot, right? 
but who else in the Big Ten can you beat with just one half of football like that? I, I don't know many. So uh, it's just the defense, we know what it is. It's just going to give up a season high in rushing yards to most every team it plays. And it just comes down to takeaways now. I mean, if you know that you're going to give up a lot of uh, a lot of yards on the ground, it feels like, man, hopefully the, fo- the, the fumble fairy's here and back because you can get a few of those. And the fumble fairy did give you two. You were able to capitalize but on it. Even if you do it, you still got to score more than 40 points at Ron Smith. Right, right. So it's, it just feels like you have to do all of these things right. There's just no margin for error for this Illinois offense anymore. You've got to score more than 40 points. The defense needs to take away, take away the ball three or four times. Honestly, the defense probably needs to score off one of those takeaways in order for you just to be in the game. And that, that speaks to coaching, and that speaks to where you, this program is at a, a, as a whole. Can you give me the, the rushing total for Illinois today? Because the run offense really struggled to get going. I think Reggie Corbin had 14 yards on nine carries. Dre Brown did some nice things today. Rayvon Bonner had a couple tough runs uh, near the goal line. Uh, but overall, Illinois' rushing was 43 carries for 100 or for 64 yards. Whew, 43 carries for 64 yards. Um, a lot of those are sacks that kind of can conflate those. Four lines. sacks. They had right. four sacks. So they ran the ball a lot. But here's the big number. Reggie Corbin, nine carries, 14 yards. The dude who's averaging almost seven yards a carry averaged one point six yards per carry today. Now, now, how do we look at this? I mean, I have this is where you got to watch the film, right? Yeah. I, where we got to watch the film. Um, the offensive line, I, I don't think, had a great game today. Alex Pacheski got really nicked up, and I wonder how healthy he was the rest of the game. Vidarian Lowe really struggled with the penalties, and penalties is a huge negative for this team. Ten penalties, ninety-five yards. They lead the Big Ten in penalties. Their most penalized team. Lovey Smith said that hadn't been an issue for us after the game today, and I don't agree with that factually. Um, but those really hurt you on some of the drives Matt had early in the first half. They had opportunities. But uh, i got to say this. Michigan's linebackers are awesome. And, and they were doing some outside outside zone runs with, with Reggie, and he's just not going to beat those guys. Um, Cam McGrone is a stud. Um, Glasgow was really, really good. Uche had three sacks today. That's a really good Michigan defense, but your running offense hasn't been as good as you expected this year. Yeah, I think the part of it, too, is the big deficit means it's harder. And also, when Illinois had the ball in close multiple times, they ran like six or seven times for one yard, so that can also configure mess around a little bit. Michigan gave more opportunities to run. Yeah. Right, so it's just, it's just harder for that. So those are the explanations for it. But at the end of the day, Dre Brown's longest run was 15 yards. He did some good things. Reggie Corbin, though, didn't bust anything bigger than an eight-yard run. Rayvon Bonner's biggest run was 12 yards. The holes just weren't there. Part of that was the Michigan defense is really good. Those linebackers are really good. They were flexing a little bit more into the box. Eight or nine guys sometimes are in the box when Illinois would just go into two wide receiver sets. And Illinois did make them pay in the pass game a little bit. And Matt Robinson did a good job of getting outside of the pass or getting outside of the pocket and doing some things. But overall, Michigan knew that hey, we're, what we're going to do is we're not we're going to take the run away and we're going to make Matt Robinson beat us with his arm. He did at times. He did for the most part. But the Illinois protection wasn't good enough. They were able to force those two fumbles, and that won them the game. Yeah. Um, One thing, do you do you ever look back? I, I know it's easy to look back. Hindsight's twenty twenty. 
But could this game have been a little different if Isaiah Williams hadn't played those three straight drives or he did absolutely nothing? Possibly. I think, I, I think of that, but I think of the penalties too. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, Isaiah, I mean, what do we take away from him? He threw his first couple passes, but he didn't complete one. He was 0 for 4, wasn't accurate. Um, when he ran, he didn't get really going. He had, what, 10 gains yards uh, on four carries, also lost four yards. Um, we had one sack that he took. Um wasn't electric, and, and he looked like he got beat up a little bit when he, when he was running. And that's been a concern for people. People didn't recruit him as a quarterback because they thought, one, he couldn't handle being hit at this level that much as a running quarterback would. So that's why Matt Robinson for the long term is, is really important, too, when we sit here and talk. Because, you know, Isaiah, can he stay healthy? He hasn't stayed healthy since he really got here and, and started practice. So that's a concern. A guy that you is a huge part of your future hasn't been able to stay on the field. And the little spurts we've seen on the field haven't been productive. Two of your best recruits of all time and Marquez Beeson and Isaiah Williams are both having injury history. So, I mean, some fans could look at that and go, oh, well, here we go again. It's Illinois all over again. But, yeah, I, th- I think that I, I just wonder if the, if Matt Robinson had been on the field for those three drives, would we have had a different ball game? And hindsight is twenty twenty, and you know I think that Rod Smith is in a tough spot because I mean I wanted to see him crushed if Isaiah wasn't on the field, and I did too, right? Yeah. Uh, we we all wanted to see him, and he just wasn't good enough. So maybe we got our answer now. We go in the future if Isaiah Williams doesn't play the rest of this year, we'll go. That's why because against Michigan for those three drives, he just was not good enough, and Matt Robinson and Brandon Peters can move the ball more effectively. The good thing is he's. Only only played two games, so you still have two more games to play with, right? I mean, if Brandon gets healthy, I, I don't think we're going to see much of Isaiah. Um, but if, you know, Matt struggles next game and Brandon's not available, then, then maybe Isaiah's the guy. But Brandon was on the sidelines. He was out there. So usually that's a sign that he's not in some dark room somewhere and that he should be back. Right. Soon. He's not in Tim Tebow status, right, where he's like literally in a dark room for seven straight days. Matt Robinson did say that he failed the, that Brandon Peters failed the concussion protocol on like Tuesday. And, and that just wasn't going to go from there because they have a standard what they do. It's it's a day-by-day thing. If you fail that, it's automatically you're out. Even though you might feel great on Saturday, you're automatically out because you got four or five, six days uh, of, of the protocol to pass. So I, I think that Matt Robinson has done enough today to make this decision really hard for Rod Smith. I wouldn't be shocked if Brandon is a starter next week. No, all right, let's talk about what this means all if anything at all moving forward. All right, Illinois two and four have a good second half for the most part against Michigan. Has anything changed about how you look uh, at this team? I mean, it was it was a different kind of way of losing. It was you know you gave Michigan a scare, which is nice for Illini fans, but. Does anything change about how you feel about this team moving forward? When it was 28-25, we knew how this story was going to end, right? And when this season ends, we know how this story is going to end again. We just do, right? And and I think that – so it doesn't really change a lot for me. Great effort, good job by the guys. It still doesn't take away any of the reservations I have about this coaching staff and especially Lovey Smith at all. And that's the biggest question mark about this team. So the players can go out and they can try really, really hard and they can compete and they can battle even though they're undermanned talent-wise and even though they're in a tough spot down 28 nothing, And that is awesome good for them. But at the end of the day, my questions about the head coach are still very much there, and I still think this is a, a kind of a, a ship that's kind of sinking still. Yeah, I mean, you've lost four straight games, right? And you're heading into the second half of the season needing to win four of six to win to get to a bowl game, which none of us thought would be so possible. Northwestern, Purdue, 
Rutgers, and then you got to find a way to beat one of Wisconsin, Michigan State, or Iowa? No way. Now, playing this way in the second half maybe gives you some confidence. You can pull one of those off, but I I, I doubt it. Again, um, but I do feel good for those players that they didn't quit. And I know Illini fans, maybe you don't care. Maybe all you care about right now is whether Lovey Smith is back, and I get that. But it was nice to see, and even Dre Brown said, I haven't seen that in my time here. Usually when we go down 28 nothing, it's 46-7 to at the end of the game. So I do like that I saw that. I like that there was a little bit of fortitude with this team. And maybe it's Matt Robinson, maybe it was everybody else, but like it was great to see them not fold and not embarrass themselves. They almost, I know it's almost, they, they and they kind of did. They embarrassed Michigan a little bit by, by making that a game. And there was a point there where we're sitting there going, like, is Harbaugh going to survive this, right? Like, that was, that's impressive. Now, they weren't able to close. They weren't able to finish. But I think we all expected that even when they were making this run. So whether you want to think, call it a fake rally or not, I, I do think that's nice to see if you're an Illini fan, if your parents you should be proud of, right. whatever it is. Like That was good to see that they didn't lay down because we've seen that a lot. We saw that so often last year. Purdue up 29-7 at halftime. I think we saw it in Minnesota 46. a little bit. Minnesota definitely happened. Think about Iowa last year. It definitely happened. Maryland, it definitely happened. All of these different things where we see this time and time again. So you're right. There should be credit given to the players. But, th- again, like it, it feels like I'm giving all this credit to the players. I don't really want to give any of the credit to Lovey Smith for this. Rod Smith, I thought, did a great job. And the, the offensive coordinator for Illinois dialed up some great plays. He took advantage of Michigan's antsiness and eagerness to blitz a redshirt freshman quarterback in his first start. In the middle of the field, he found open a lot, Yes, right. right. And, and those were all great things. So kudos to him for that. But it feels like this is player-led it wasn't anything different that the coaching staff did to put themselves in a position to win this game. I mean, I know the defense forced some takeaways, but if those were some sustained drives by the Illinois offense. So to score 25 points against Michigan, I'd give that group a B-plus for, for the effort today. Um, defensively, it's it's weird. It's like you just got ran over. So even though there were some positives, right. like what are you going to give the, the defense in that game, a D-minus? Yeah, I, would, <laughs> I, I mean, how do you? they played 45 minutes of bad football. Right. Maybe well maybe maybe I'll give them I'll give them they played more forty minutes yeah forty thirty five thirty six minutes but again though offensively speaking remember what this Michigan defense did to Iowa last week mm-hmm. they took them completely out of their element it was ten to three was the final Nate Stanley looked horrible against it so the fact that Matt Robinson looked better than Nate Stanley against the same defense right. that says something the way I look at this game I think you have a chance like you should crush Rutgers. Rutgers <laughs> lost 52 to nothing, and it wasn't even close. To, I, to Indiana today? No, well, 52 to nothing to Michigan who, who, last week. And they got crushed by Indiana today, yeah, too. Um, but you should beat that team. You should crush that team. Um, I thought coming into this would be kind of a game, so it was nice to see now that I think, yeah, you're going to crush that game. Um, Purdue crushed Maryland, though, today, and their offensive weapons, even with Rondale out, are pretty good. Plummer gained some confidence today. David Bell's a stud. I don't feel good about that game anymore uh, when I felt better about it last week. Um, Northwestern, though, I still feel like you have a chance. But, boy, I think a lot of things got to go right to beat Wisconsin. I don't think that's got a chance to happen. Michigan State, I don't really like your chances, even though that team's not good. But that, that's a possibility. At least like there's like a 5% possibility in your head now that – hey, if they play three-quarters of the way they played against Michigan in that second half, then maybe that's possible. But, that I mean, we're stretching, right? 
We're they, grasping at straws. They have to think that. Right. They have to play that way. We still just don't see good enough football, especially defensively, for, for this team to have a chance to, to get to where mm-hmm. I thought they'd be at five wins. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, in year four, we expected Illinois to compete for bowl games, not to rationalize why it's okay for Illinois to lose for the fourth straight game to Michigan after a weak non-conference schedule. That's the end of the day, the big picture. And I feel bad for guys like Reggie Corbin. Reggie could have left and gone to the NFL draft, and he came back, and he's being rewarded with, you know, 14 rushing yards against Michigan and not putting out great film right now, only three touchdowns this season. I feel bad for those older older defensive guys like Jamal Milan and Stanley Green who've been here for four or five years and have seen all of these stories over and over again. Oh, fake rally, Illinois coming back, battling. So it's tough. But at the end of the day, Illinois is 2-4. you got Wisconsin next week who's not going to be a, a, a joke at all. Wisconsin might be the second-best team in the Big Ten behind Ohio State. But there are winnable games left on the schedule, and if Illinois plays like they did for that third quarter, maybe the beginning of the fourth quarter, they have a chance to win two or three more games. So basically the takeaway is kudos to Illinois for making this podcast less fire and brimstone. Right. It, it, would have been, it was 28 nothing. We're thinking, okay, 56 to nothing. And if you're Josh Whitman, yeah, make the call this week. Like, you know, like that's what we were sitting there talking about. So kudos to that team. Kudos to the players for, for changing that a little bit. Saying, okay, they, they got a little bit of fight left in them. What's- I don't know. I mean, it, it, it feels like the season will kind of come down to Purdue, Northwestern, and Rutgers. Those are the three games I'm really looking forward to the most. And if, if they can find a way to win all three of those, then maybe we're having a dis- different discussion this offseason. But I, I feel like that's probably wishful thinking. Two and four start to the season, definitely disappointing. Some positives from this uh, game against Michigan, but also some very familiar negatives. Thanks for listening to us on the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. We'll be back here uh, next Saturday for the Wisconsin game and Probably have a little bit of hoops update midweek with everything going on there. And I know Illini fans are pumped up for basketball season right around the corner. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast.